0: Welcome to Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And we have a guest today. I said last week that I was going to try to get a guest on. I kind of put a caveat out there that I might drop that ball, but I remembered about 25 minutes ago that I do know somebody that knows more than us, and I sent him a Facebook message and he gracefully obliged. We have Chris Lewis on. Chris, how are you
1: doing today, man? I'm doing well. You know, I'm just getting... Getting started start do it today. nice waking up to a text message to be on a on a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, he uh, <clears throat> I'm sure when he woke up this morning, the last thing he thought he was gonna be doing is about,
1: about three seconds before I texted you, I thought through my lap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was like yeah, Chris was like, uh, hold on, I'm getting ready for work. So we do have a limited amount of time here because Chris does have to get to his real job and uh so we're gonna we're gonna kinda jump in this Uh, fairly quickly so we can kind of give people idea of of what the patent process is maybe why to do it why not to do it jared and i both do have patents so jared what is your patent on what type of
2: patent do you have so the utility patent that we got was for the falling tree target system and that's the only successful patent that we hold and for people that follow us you know what the falling tree target is but it's a very unique system that's not been done by anybody else instead of paddles just flipping side to side we have a track that the paddles drop I mean, it's just a unique target system but that's the one that we uh we pulled the trigger and went head first on cool and how long did that take you um a while i you know honestly i don't know the time frame off the top of my head we were back and forth with the attorney we made some revisions and um, they had some remarks during the process so we readdressed the patent um, it had to have been at least a year or more, maybe yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. That's, that's actually fairly quick for a
0: utility then. So, mm-hmm. um, I have a utility and design patent on the Neo mag. And, uh, and that probably took, it was probably about a year, year and a half that it actually went, actually went pretty quick too. Even my attorney was surprised at how quickly that it went through and everything. Um, so, Chris, can you give people just a quick definition of the difference between a design and a utility patent, and kind of what those each do?
1: Yeah, quite work with my background. I am a um, intellectual property law student, so I'm studying at the University of Akron School of Law, focusing on patent, trademark, copyright, trade secrets. Um, still studying all the general stuff, but I I prefer the IP stuff because I was an engineering student in undergrad. Um, and the difference between design patents and utility patents is design patents are essentially the look of a product. So like the BMW beans, like on their front grill, like that really distinctive front grill that they have, you would use a design product or design patent to patent that because it's not a function, which is what a utility uh, patent is for. It's for a method, function, composition of matter, um, that type of stuff. So, you know, like the Neomag itself, the look of it would be for a design, but the use and utility or method of making or like the composition of the materials used for it, that would be a utility patent. Right. So,
0: let's talk real quick just about um, it's kind of the pros and cons of going through uh, just the patent process, you know, when to do it. And also kind of because a, a utility patent, uh, if I understand correctly, I Chris, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. A utility patent, it generally takes longer to do, you know, about two years and also costs quite a bit more. You're, you're, you're probably talking at least, you know, like an area of about what 10 grand or so it depends on what the, thing is um and a design patent uh it costs much less you're talking maybe a couple grand and usually takes about a year to go through right about half the time is that am i right there
1: yeah Yeah, that's correct yeah um design patents are usually a much lower bar to it because they still follow the novel and unique or novel and non-obvious requirements that uh, utility patents do but they're much more narrow. So um, you can get a lot of stuff that's very close to one another and still uh, be fine.
0: Right. And one of the things I'd I'd heard with like a design patent is, um, you know, like a Coke bottle, you know, Coke, Mm -hmm. I guess Coke has never patented its recipe because it didn't want to, which is one of the the pros and cons things we can get into. Coke didn't want to give up its recipe, which is one of the downsides to doing a patent, is you're basically releasing your recipe, your design, mm-hmm. your uh, of what it is that you are making. Uh, you know, so Coke never patented its its recipe, but it did patent its like its bottle because it's mm-hmm. because it's so recognizable. So, um, yeah. So let's talk pros and cons of of, of doing a patent. It, it is it, it is very costly it takes yeah. takes a lot of time um, and it's not always a sure thing. you kind of get what you pay for with a patent, right like you can get yeah. a really good patent or a really poor patent and um,
1: like there's some there's some interesting caveats to patents as far as um what you pay because uh you can get a patent that is more narrow or broad, however you kind of want a broad patent at the start of your um life with the patent because the broader the claims the more you have protection the more you can stop people from making however a broader patent is weaker in a courtroom a broader patent is subject to a lot of um challenges for either enablement or written description type stuff like that or um for even saying you don't have this patent so like you, you, The inventor yourself has not made this invention. So there, I mean, patent is can be a very double-edged sword for those who go after. And it takes a good attorney to find a good prosecution process that is also will hold up in litigation.
0: So is that something that you can, so say you, you start with a very broad, is that something that over time that you can change or how does that, how does that work?
1: Well, so during the patent prosecution process, um, you draft up your application, and then you send it off to an examiner, and within a certain time frame, they get back to you. And then you start this whole back and forth with the USPTO, uh, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, um, with this examiner who says, I don't agree with you on this part. This is either you get a 101, 102, 103, or 112 rejections are usually rejections which 101 is, it's not a patentable invention. Like, so that would be a, um, like a, what is the thing? The perfect machines are like, what are they called again? I can't forget the name. I'm not sure. Uh, like that, that always have energy. What is it?
0: Like cold fusion or something? No, I I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I care. Well, so, so 101 is for a patentable invention. 102 is novelty. So if the prior art, which is anything in the science community, there's more narrow restrictions on the prior, but just to be broad, 102 is for novelty. And if anything in the prior art has your invention, you can't get it. 103 is non obviousness, which means you might have a novel invention, but if it is not like has that like smell of a patent or like smell of an invention of something new and useful, uh, we're not going to grant you a twenty-year monopoly for it. So that's that's a, a kind of a quirky thing about that law. And then one twelve is all about what you put in the specification and what you put in the claims, because if you do not enable somebody in the specification, you cannot get rights to the claims. Um, but yeah, so through that process, you, a lot of times examiners go broad or attorneys go broad first and then the examiner will kick it back and you got to continue to narrow it until the examiner is satisfied. And then and that's gone done through responses to office actions and phone calls and conversations. Right.
0: And that's, uh, that's why this process can, can take so long.
1: Uh, yes, it, yes. And there's not a lot of examiners in comparison to how many attorneys and ventures there are. So the patent office is bogged down with. You know a bunch, and these examiners don't have much time to review these things,
0: right so you had said something there um, how long this is something that i, I, I don 't think people realize either is that you can go through all this time, spend all this money, and you don't have a permanent patent on design or utility right so mm-hmm. how long
1: um, so do uh, twenty years twenty years is the uh statutory I guarantee you have your patent for 20 years. It's more like 17 because it's 20 years from your filing dates. Okay. And, and usually prep and profs and argument takes, um, after filing takes about uh, three years. I mean, you guys had a really quick one, so that that's awesome. But you can also get patent term adjustments if it takes too long, but 20 years is usually your max. And that's for design? That's for all, all patents, yeah. Design so utility.
0: I, so I thought, well, so with a utility patent, um, you have maintenance fees, and if you don't pay those maintenance mm-hmm. fees, the patent expires, right?
1: Correct. So Correct. you have to always stay up on that stuff. So it's what three? It's the same thing with a trademark, though. It's the same thing with trademark. If you don't pay your trademark fees, your trademark will will be inactive and can be subject to cancellation.
0: So for a utility patent, you have maintenance fees at what, like three, three, five, and seven years or something?
1: Yeah, I believe so. I'm I'm not too versed on the maintenance fees too much. And then,
0: uh, uh cause I was just looking. I think my three years is, is is coming up here. You have you have three to three and a half years. You have you have six months of mm-hmm. uh, a period in there. Um, and yeah, it, it, if you don't pay those fees now, the I think the first the, 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 each patent each one of those gets, gets more expensive as well. Um, yes. So yeah, if if you don't continue to pay those, then they will expire. But even, even after you pay that, that, that last, that last payment, it still is going to expire. I think at like 15 years or something. Um, now with a design patent, there are no, uh, maintenance fees. So, when you get your design patent and I believe it's good for 14 years for a design Mm -hmm. patent. Um, you know, so those are, those are things to realize. And, and, and and really the biggest thing that I think all this comes down to is, um, I think there's, there's a couple ways to think about if you should go through the, the patent processes, um, is one, it, it, are you truly concerned about somebody stealing your idea? Um, and if you are, um, are you going to be able to and willing to spend the money in litigation? Because you're probably talking
1: upwards no, of... I mean, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of millions of potential in litigation. I mean, right. litigation is... Um, but I mean, it depends who comes after you. Like currently... We one of our clients has gone after by a very, very large tech company. Um, that that means they have, I mean, as much as like infinite money to to go against their patent, which they our client just does not have that capital, and it is the unfortunate kind of embarrassing thing about, I mean, law in general is that a lot of times the bigger bank goes into those. Um, those challenges with uh, an advantage because they have the resources to continue to re-up things and just make settling that much more attractive. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah, So that was one of the big things I'd ask myself is, is am I going to be able to uh, be able to afford to go into litigation? And and when I patented the NeoMag, I was, I was a year into, it because you have a year, um, from uh, from when what you like you you start to market
1: or you yeah, come up with your invention. you have one year on sale well, yeah so I
0: had so I had a year and I decided which I did do a provisional patent which we haven't <laughs> talked about that yet I you want to tell people about a provisional patent
1: yeah a provisional patent is essentially a reservation of a patent and it grants you an earlier filing date than your actual filing date. So it does not it's not as subject to examination at all. Um, you essentially just send in whatever you send in to the U.S. Patent Office, and they say, okay, cool, thanks. Uh, we'll see you in a year if you want to do this. And essentially it gives you a time, and it gives you one year to work your patents, think if this is the best choice, you know, really take that that necessary time to weigh the cost benefit analysis of getting a patent and then and also market it and do some market testing see if um, clients or see if their clients respond to it or like it's a good invention that people want and whether or not be worth it so it's kind of just anything you put in there you get the benefit of that earlier filing date um, it's not it, it doesn't provide much of a strategic adva- advantage other than it just helps you get more time and it, for solo inventors or solo practitioners, who um, a patent is a big, big investment. It's a it's a good first step.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's how I felt with the Neo I felt like, okay, I'm just going to put this out there because nothing like it existed. Um, I would already started showing it in social media and stuff, so I'm like, you know, you know, you know, you know this could be copied pretty easy. So I'm at least going to get get the provisional on there and see how this goes. And so I had a year like I said, really to, to market and push this thing. And, and then I decided, okay, this, this seems like it's going to be something bigger than what I know it's going to be. I didn't know what the future held, but, but I wanted to start that process just in case it did turn into something bigger. Um, Jared, like, w- what made you guys decide that this was the path that, that, that you guys needed to go?
2: Well, we actually had one – so this was our second time applying for a patent that we got that utility patent from the Falling Tree. We tried another one on, a, on another target system, and that was one that I think is a good example of kind of beating a dead horse. Uh, we wanted to believe so bad that what we had was patentable. And you know, that's one of the points that I wanted to make on this podcast is that there's a possibility that what you're doing – isn't able to get a patent. You know, there's no guarantee. So the first one, we spent a ton of money, trying to get this thing patented. It didn't go through. Um, and our patent attorney kind of gave us a 60% chance. It was pretty much what he said at the beginning. And we decided it was worth the risk.
0: That's pretty generous. Mine told me 50, 50. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't, we don't like giving percentages. <laughs> it, yeah, I know. It, yeah. it stresses us out because, um, the patent office can be so uh, temperamental, for lack of a better term. They, at some points, they think something is that uh, you don't find any novelty in. They find it to be amazing time and let you go on the first office action and just have you correct some drafting issues. On some, I mean, you know, that you think are is a great invention. You're, you can be battling for years on, depending on if you keep filing requests for continuing examination. Um, it's just... It just depends, honestly. It depends on who the examiner is. If they're having a particularly bad few months, they might take it out on you. But I don't think they actually do. Some people are harder than others. There's a patented, uh examiner who only allows three patents per year. He's a software uh, examiner. He like, prides himself on being the one that denies people the most.
2: Wow. Huh so yeah it uh, we knew going into that one that there's a low chance um the, the second one that we presented to our patent attorney as soon as we showed him the product and he did is because typically how it went for us is we sat down with our attorney we showed him the product i gave him schematics and things so he could better understand explain how everything worked and then he would start doing research he would look for prior patents um <laughs> Other forms of products that might have not even been in our industry, but somehow had attributes that would have been patented like our our product. And after he came back, his eyes were kind of lit up with our with our falling tree target. and he's <laughs> just he just said he had a good feeling about this one. Um, but then we had discussions about how broad to make it. you know we' were, we were talking all of those things because we wanted to cover as much as possible, but there was one other product that had similar traits to what we were doing. And so we there were things that we had to narrow down. But I think we went through, I think the examiner had just one round of notes on the the patent. And they were marked up on the patent. My attorney sent them to me and said, hey, review these. Let me know what you think. And we talked about it. We fixed it. Made some changes And then we got it So It, it was that's a awesome. fairly Streamlined process This time Yeah It's really painless. That's awesome But it was still expensive mm-hmm. I mean Our
1: attorney loved to send the bill <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah Unfortunately That's how we get paid Unfortunately right. Patent law is really expensive Um And like When you think about it It is uh, Thomas Jefferson Called it The embarrassment Of patent law Um Because he's one of the fathers Of patent law He, he was the first Um, examiner actually Thomas Jefferson and he he was like I think he was registration number one for a patent agent Mm -hmm. Um, but he he said the embarrassment of patent law is the fact that we give a monopoly something a democracy should hate um, to the people so if we're going to be embarrassed by giving a monopoly we might as well make sure we're getting the United States is getting something in return as far as the disclosure of information um, and the way to practice and make your invention. But with that comes the, you know, unfortunately comes a kind of a large bar to entry with the ticket price of a patent. Yeah,
0: yeah. and that's and that's something that, you know, I, I, as much as it does kind of stink that you pay all this money and it's not a, it's not a permanent thing, to me, I wanted something that I could stand on to give myself time to build this brand up and build this product up. And this is kind of another thing for people to think about. You can spend it, it. In my opinion, it's probably even more important to spend that kind of money, especially as like a new business, a new business owner, money's tight, spend that money on execution of your product of, you know, spend the money on advertising and getting it. My goal with the Neomag when I came out with it was to get it, as many places as I could get it seen as much as I could build that brand as much as I could so that way when because I knew eventually there was going to be copies and there was going to be more competition when those things come out people will say oh that's a Neomag knockoff or that's a Neomag copy mm-hmm. and and thankfully I've, 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 I've seen that happen I get tagged all the time in competition and I actually do have a Chinese knockoff um, yeah, they love that yeah oh, the Chinese <laughs> That's, a, that's a, which yeah. But that's a whole other thing. Is We're only talking about U.S. patents. Um, international is a whole nother thing. And China's a yeah, whole there's,
1: other... There's a lot. People. I mean, every country has its own patent office, almost.
0: Yeah. um Yeah. So, and there's something else I just thought of. You can go through all this, get your patent. It might seem like a strong patent. Somebody takes you into litigation for it. There's a possibility that your patent still doesn't hold up through litigation and there's a right. chance yeah. that your patent could be uh, was it falsified or what's the term
1: um, uh, essentially, essentially invalidating right Yeah. They can they can, they can they can say like like if claim one is your only independent claim they can say claim one isn't bad I and mean, then you'll still have the rest of your claims but then what's the point like if you can't if you don't have claim one then like everything is going to fall If you don't have that main claim like and then you're just not going to pay your issue fee you're not going to pay your maintenance fee until the next comes
2: Well, and I have a good example of that. So we, it was probably a year and a half into our business. We got a um, cease and desist letter from another company making targets that um, had, we had used a similar mounting method for these paddles and it turns out that they had patented that. We had no idea of that. So they sent us a cease and desist letter at the same time, we had already been working with our patent attorney on one of our other products. um, And I'm not kidding. Within five minutes of reading that patent, we circumvented it and created a better product out of it. So just like, just because you have that piece of paper doesn't mean that someone's ingenuity isn't going to work around it. I mean, if it's a really good patent, it's going to be difficult. Um, I, I know with the falling tree, it would be very difficult to make a product that doesn't infringe on it. But you know, as we were talking about it, there's several ways that we looked at it. So you had mentioned, Greg, kind of a negative of people knowing about the information on how to build it and everything. But there's also, in my mind, a positive to that. Because my biggest fear about the falling tree was if I didn't patent it, somebody else would build it and then try to patent it themselves. And at yeah. the very least, if we had a patent pending on this thing, the design is out there and it would be much more difficult for them to just take it and say, that's my art, that's my invention, and I'm patenting it now. You know, So I think there's a value to having that out there in certain instances. So I, I weighed it from multiple different aspects as we were talking to our attorney, but I think it does depend also on the product and And how, uh, you know, our falling tree is extremely difficult to make. And you need very, very precise machines to do it. It's probably not likely that people are going to copy it. Um, Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, it's it's not a simple thing. So I wasn't necessarily concerned about that. But I just didn't want somebody to take the product, try to patent it, um, and say it's their invention, and then kind of screw us in the process. That's been one of my concerns.
0: And, Chris, I don't know... If you've heard of that the happening much, but one of my concerns has it was similar. Where you know, what if somebody copies my idea and then they patent it out from under me, and then I get a cease and desist on mm-hmm. on what I did? Is that? it? I guess I wonder how no, no, often no, no. That, that, that happens, or is, I, that, is it that easy to do? I haven't heard
1: of that. I haven't heard of that too much um, because you would need to find that, that person that would do that would need to find a way to make their version non-obvious or novel over your already existing art. Now, if someone finds out before you ever go to market and files first, then you're kind of screwed because um, it's a first-to-file system, not a first-to-invent system like right. it was prior to 2013. Um, but uh, as far as like someone seeing your... Product on sale and then running to a patent office with you a product, um, you, your product is then prior art. So that can act as a bar to them, like a complete bar to them getting patents So unless they do something that makes it novel and non obvious, um, they really can't do much with that attempt. Because if they ever even send you a season assist letter, all you have to see filing date and say, I was on sale before then and since it's not them selling they don't get the one year grace period they have to have they have to be new in the market i get that one year like grace period
0: Oh, uh, you had said something there about uh, 2013 which uh, which right I thought now do you have to prove that you are the inventor
1: so you have to, so uh, 112 um, is one of the requirements. So 2013, I'll, I'll go back a moment, uh, was the, uh, March 17, 2013, was the first effective day of the American Invent Act, which changed uh, the United States' historic first to invent system, which was a filing system where if you, it was pretty complicated because you had to prove that you're the first to invent. Um, so if anyone ever challenged you on your patent, it would be a contest between two inventors who invented first. And the first person to file might not be the first person to invent, so they don't have the right to the patent, even if it was like a, a junior uh, filer came. Um So that switched and followed kind of the rest of the world's first-to-invent system, um, which is or yeah, first to file system, which is essentially a race to the patent office. If two people invent something, regardless of what time they invent, they get get the right if they're there first. But it's called the first inventor to file system. So you actually have to be the one that practices and makes the patent. You can't just take someone's good idea and go to the patent office. The patent office uh, doesn't want to give people rights that stops people's uh, invention. Like you see like patent trolls and stuff out there. Um, the USPTO is being more uh, strict about like cutting down on these people who are just trying to just sue people and get money out of it for cheap. Um, but you just, you have to, because the 112 has a requirement that you actually have to invent. Like, you, have, you have to invent the invention. You have to like understand what the invention is. Gotcha.
0: Um, Jared, do you have any other thoughts or questions? I know Chris probably needs to get going here.
1: No, okay, I'm I on my way to work. <laughs> 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 I, uh,
2: I I just uh, the way I look at it, <clears throat> you know, going forward, I I don't know. I, I still have mixed emotions. I mean, it's cool that we have a patent. Um, it's it is neat. It felt great getting it. It was a long process. You know, it's neat to see that my my design drawings are filed with a patent and all that hard work that we went into the R and D and the engineering of our product Mm -hmm. uh, became something. But at the same time, you know, I look at the first time we filed and we blew tons of money trying to patent something. And like I explained, it was kind of like beating a dead horse because we, we just couldn't let go of the fact that we thought that this thing should be patentable. Um, So I think I think if you're going to if I, the one thing I'd say if you're going to pursue this, go in with realistic expectations, make sure you find a good patent attorney who can tell you like it is you know who's going to be honest with you, and obviously one that's reputable so that um, you know they don't because you can buy a crappy... you can you can get a crappy patent. We kind of touched on that, and yeah, then it's cool to say I've got this patent, but if it doesn't protect your product. It doesn't really mean much, so You're a piece think, of paper, <laughs> right? And I think that's where the value with our relationship with our attorney that we we uh, we use for anything like this. He tells us straight, and you know, if it doesn't look like it's even worth it, he'll he'll say so. You know, I yeah. I just think people need to have realistic expectations and then understand that, like Greg experienced with the Chinese knockoffs, just because you have it doesn't mean somebody's not gonna you know, they might even blatantly infringe on it in the States. And now you have to have the, the, either you have to have the cash to litigate and go after them. I mean, you can also just pay your attorney to write a, a scary letter, uh cease and desist. And sometimes that'll work, but if it doesn't work, now you have a, de- you have to decide, you know, that 10 grand you just dropped on a patent, is it worth you pursuing or are you going to let it go? Um, and I, I think depending on your industry, that's going to answer that question. But, Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts is it, I I don't really have a, a great, like you need to do this or no. And I don't think you can. No,
0: I I would never tell somebody that they should definitely do this or not. It's definitely something that you have to figure out on your own. Mm -hmm. Here's one of my biggest frustrations that I've had. Um, So that Chinese knockoff that exists, it gets sold on Amazon and on eBay and both of those Sites have uh, forms that you can fill out if there is a copy or, or something like that. So I get in contact with both of them and say, hey, the, this item is a direct knockoff uh, of, of my product. And I send them uh, you know, copy my patent, my patent numbers, everything. The problem with the patent is this is where we could um, if we had i don 't think we have time today to get into trademark stuff, but the problem with the patent is um, at least what amazon and, and eBay told me is a patent isn 't proof that that other thing is a knockoff like they need um, a court order through litigation that that item is a knockoff so you know because you can 't really just look at something and say oh yeah that 's a knockoff it needs it needs to there needs to be more proof behind, behind that. So, you know, so one of my frustrations has been that I have this, I have a strong patent on this item and I'm still not able to, you know, flash it and say, Hey, look, you know, these things are a copy, which is where yeah. trademark and copyright stuff comes in. And, um, and, and maybe we could talk about this next week and we could actually give Chris a little bit more notification than, Twenty minutes and he could come back and kind of help us go through uh, trademark copyright because I do have a trademark um, and copyright and stuff with my company Jared I don't know if you do um, but that's but that's kind of a whole nother animal, and there's some really pr- big pros and cons to that uh, uh, and, well in my opinion there's more pros than there are cons to, to trademark and copyright over patent stuff so um
1: yeah, I, I actually personally love trademarks. I think trademarks are um, a huge, huge step for small businesses that are getting started that want to re legitimize their, um, legitimize, not legitimize, legitimize their um, company because it it is a very strong, hey, you can't do this. Like you can't copy my name. You can't take my image. I, I think trademark is a very like, especially where, Again, like today, as like you talked about it, Greg, branding is so, so key for developing value. Um, one of the best examples is a streetwear company um, called Supreme. They don't make any like original clothing. They essentially just put their brand on other people's clothing, like Nike, like even Hanes. Um, like they sell a pair of Hanes boxers, one pair for like $50 because it says Supreme on it. They don't it's not anything better than your regular hand boxers you can get at uh Walmart for like six bucks. But because it's a so Supreme on it and their brand is so strong in the industry that they can charge premiums and people will still pay it. So um I know that that's kind of a very extreme example of how strong brand power can be, but I mean in twenty nineteen brands are almost more powerful than um have more purchasing power than a patent sometimes. Because, like as you said, people like I'm sending you, like, hey, this is the Neo Mag, and this is the Neo Mag, like knockoff. Like, if people if people recognize your product instantly by your name, they'll be more inclined to uh, refuse to purchase knockoffs and pay a higher ticket price for what might be a more uh, what is a higher quality item.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's fairly inexpensive. It's fairly quick to get done. Um, and yeah, we have and some other. Your
1: actions are easier for, yeah. for your attorney to
0: Yeah, and and what eBay and Amazon told me is they were basically like, if if there's a, it, because that that name and that logo is something that you can look at and be able to tell. So they told me if there is, a, if there's a trademark issue, then they could take it down. Now, one one of my problems is that they aren't using my name. Um, or logo with the knockoff. It's just the actual item, so I'm not even sure that a trademark or copyright would even help me in that situation, since they are
1: us- they aren't using my name. Um, I'm surprised Amazon is so bad uh, protecting patents in that way. Yeah, that's, right. that's actually really that's really surprising to me. You would think as such a huge marketplace, an American marketplace, that they would um, protect American inventors better than that. That that's actually like. I, that surprised me because they don't really have a protocol for patents at least like a preliminary like review process because like where they just look at it because I mean from well, what they, did, they did thing, look
0: at it they did that they, uh, they, they had a thing where I submitted the forms and they said that they reviewed it and stuff so uh, at least that's what they told me um yeah yeah but yeah well, it's it, it very frustrating
1: yeah only some bunches get together and, and Cause it is actually an infringement to sell infringing products. Like that, that is, that is also not allowed, um, under the USPTO. So Amazon could theoretically be sued for infringing your product. I mean, it, to, like, you're not, you're not allowed to make users, like you, you owning a patent bars everyone can make using and selling infringing products. Yeah. so there you go greg Save there, your pennies. you're going after amazon right now, <laughs> you know. yeah I, I recommend getting a bunch of people together to go after amazon and essentially make a class action because they got uh, a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That'd be and, the only way you'd
2: survive greg because they'd burn you i just
1: wonder if oh, i could man. get
2: a i just
0: wonder if i could get a strongly worded letter from a patent attorney to send over if, if just if even that would that would help. And that's something I haven't really, And really, one of the things that I've had, I've had to weigh out is I haven't really seen a, I I, I haven't seen those copies really affect my business. I'm I'm still growing and I'm still, you know, if things are going well now, if I saw when, when those came out that everything starts plummeting on my end, then, maybe that would make more sense to go after, but um, it's it it is kind of a whole other thing that uh, if you could go on Chris and me and Jerry could kind of talk about it, is just um, again you know the importance of branding, and you can't you can't just be scared all the time about somebody copying your product um, because it's, because if it's if it's a really good idea, it's probably going to happen. So, um, you know, taking that time to make sure that you're branding and that you're doing a good job there, but also, um, just know that it's it's probably going to happen and use that to work harder and make your product better, make more products that are better. Um, because if you just live in fear all the time of something, you know of, of this happening then then you're not going to be able to do a good job with with their business and and you know really for the most part i try to just ignore the fact that there's knockoffs and i because because I, I did let that consume me for a while and i lost sleep over it and stuff and, and i'm like there's that's not doing anything for me uh, to let that affect me mm-hmm. like that um
1: yeah, um, I do have good going, but if I could offer like some quick parting words from kind yeah, of, please, I, I'm a very I'm a very junior attorney. Obviously, I'm not even an attorney. Um, I'm still a law student, uh, but from I've worked over a year now in patent law, uh, and I guess some of the things that I think would be beneficial to, I mean, especially like your audience, probably like small entrepreneurs who are starting themselves out and like doing things like this, um, like that are going into this business venture. Is when it comes to patents, uh, take an understanding approach of what your field of art is. Um, a lot of, I, at my previous firm, we had some people with a little bit unrealistic expectations on patents. Um, you may like, it is possible to think your invention is the best thing in the world, but the United States Patent Office might see it as just another drop in the bucket of something that someone else has already done. Um, so like doing patent searches prior to going to see an attorney, which is like just going on Google patents and typing in like your product description, um, is one way to see like, okay, what is my field of art? How can I adjust my invention to get around prior art before I even go see an attorney? Um, drafting up like specification and background information, um, can help you save a lot of money when you go to a patent attorney. If you go to a patent attorney, with nothing except your invention, your file, your cost of drafting a patent will be much higher. And if you look at say, um, some like patents that are in your field of art in this and say, okay, how, what background information did they use? What is relevant? Stuff like that. Um, and then like, I, I think it is beneficial in my personal opinion. I think it is beneficial to pursue patents. I think you guys have both had positive, have had positive growth out of it. Um, especially if you're a new company, it like, as you said, Greg, it gives you something to stand on. It gives you a pure, this is my business structure. And you can put patent number, XXXX on your product and say like, this is the one, like if you if you want this product, this is it. And I think that gives you a lot of like, and to couple that with good branding, branding power, I think that gives you a very strong platform to start a business.
0: Awesome, yeah. I think that's
1: great advice. Yeah, and I'd I'd be down to talk about trademarks next week. Like I actually love trademarks. Okay, it's just it's like a low-key passion. Yeah, well, let's but, talk about trademarks um, and
0: copyright next next week because I I, I I think there's a lot of of uh of things that people don't know that uh, that that you you can already put trademarks next to things. There's common trademark so there's all the stuff that we can get into next week so chris thank you so much for yeah, hopping for on sure. i i appreciate yeah, it absolutely, and, Thanks uh, for having me. yeah you have a great day man it
1: uh, was enjoyable i, I uh... yeah you too man. Bye. Yeah.
2: all right jerry you there yeah i'm still here all
0: right so uh yeah you know i, I think i think just you know you know doing your research and really digging in and figuring out if if uh if the cost and all you know, stuff is going to be worth it to you. And if your idea really is, is, uh, is unique enough to go through the, the whole process, I think is really the question that you have to ask yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough call. And, and so here's a, here's a great example. Um, just on Saturday, I was, uh, or maybe it was Friday. It might've been Friday of last week. I was tugging a post um, it was actually that's, that video I put up, that IGTV video on TA Targets. And some company was tagged in that video, like in the comment section. It was AR500 Tactical Targets, which is the company name, which is really ironic. So I saw that and I was like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. And I clicked on their link and they are copying our ADAP system, hostage, dueling tree, no like way. everything out of Brazil. Um, so it's like, you could, like you said, you could lose a lot of sleep over that. I could, I could get really frustrated about that, but at the same time, it it was kind of inevitable. You know, I can't believe we made it almost five years before somebody's like, I'm going to knock these products off. Um, but all I did was block their account. Now they, they obviously, they must've bought something from us or. I don't know. Or somebody they knew bought something and drove it to Brazil. Who, who knows? Um, so there's never a guarantee that what you're doing isn't going to get copied. I mean, the world is vast. And there's other countries that are up and coming with manufacturing. There's other countries that manufacture for way cheaper. And that doesn't mean that the product's going to be better. But I just feel like it's inevitable that at some point, someone's going to try something like this with some of our products. I mean, it's happened to you, and now it happened to me.
0: Yeah, and
2: yeah, I I, I looked
0: into cease and desist, and just and what goes on with that. And you have to be careful about sending cease and desist letters as well, because you might find yourself in litigation. (laughs) You know, right? You you might send it to them, and they could either say, "Oh man, um, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to do this." They might just just throw away your letter and keep doing what they're doing. Or they might take you into litigation and say, yeah, they, they can say, challenge your patent. Right. You know, you know, they can say, actually we this want, is, yeah. we want this. So it's not even easy as easy as just getting a letter drafted up and send it over. Um, you, you have to, you have to know what you can find yourself in
2: the midst of if, if you do do that. So, well, I think it goes back to the basic principles we've talked about a thousand times on the podcast is we want to do business differently and we're trying, you know, we're building out the branding. We are a superior product. We're more responsive with customers. Like The whole package is there. And although this company in Brazil might be copying our exact designs, um, I know they don't have access to the steel we have access to. I see their production capabilities and it's not great. Um, uh, so I guess rather than me be consumed by the fear that, oh man, these people are, what if they take business from us? I'm going to just focus on putting out the best photography content, the best videography, refining our products, standing by them, doing the best we, we do. Um, because I think that's going to pay dividends over me losing sleep about what some companies doing in Brazil. Yeah kind of an honor right yes <laughs> you know people That's like to say you know people say that
0: that uh what that um uh what's the saying about how if uh if somebody somebody's doing what you're doing is supposed to be an honor because that uh shoot what's the how's that go where I can't think of how the saying goes, but... but I'm that, not good at sayings. Don't ever ask me. I, I'll never know. But that's you should be honored in somebody copying you because that means that what you're doing is is a good thing. And my response is always, no, it's not an honor. I put a lot of hard work. I put my life uh, and my family's well-being, and this is what puts a roof overhead on the line of this work that I do and this idea that I've had. So yeah. someone else copying it, that's that's not that's not flattering to me. That's infuriating.
2: Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> so Well, I'm planning on coming out with a Gen 3 Neomag. Oh um, there you go. I haven't told you yet. So. And, and,
0: and you know, my my thought has been with you know with the knockoff and stuff is because I I have a couple of them and they're crap. The 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 quality of them is is junk does it does it function and do the same thing you could argue that it does um it doesn't do it as well because the the quality of parts it's not going to last as long and it's going to get rusty and that sort of thing um and my ultimate thought is anybody who's buying those probably weren't going to be my customer anyway and and frankly, I don't want, I I don't want those people as my customers because if they're going to, if they're going to look for that super cheap option, that's, that's not what I'm trying to offer either. I'm not trying to offer a super cheap option. I'm trying to offer quality at a price that makes sense for what you're getting and not trying to make the cheapest thing as possible. So, um, my thought has always been the people that are buying those weren't going to be my customers anyway. Is it pulling sales from me? I'm sure it is. Uh, I'm sure there there are people that see it next to ours on eBay and, and Amazon and think, oh, this is a lot cheaper. I'm just going to buy that one. But I've I've also seen a lot of people in the reviews and stuff say that they accidentally bought that or something and they were and it's and it's junk and so yeah, I I, I really I really just try not to even think about it and I try to just keep my head down and, and keep working hard, keep working on my branding, keep working on, on new things and, and just doing the best that I can. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that's the best way to do it.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to kind of getting into copyright trademark stuff, um, next week. Cause it's actually something I need to work on a little bit, a bit more. I do have a trademark on the name Neomag. Um, but there's different levels of trademark and, and there's different lists you can get. I, I don't know that, that there, there's a lot of stuff there. So.
2: Yeah. I know pretty much nothing about trademarks. Yeah. Um, Almost nothing. Almost we have nothing. some, I don't even remember what they are to be honest. We worked <laughs> with the same attorney who does trademarks and patents and yeah. I know they weren't cheap either, but they weren't as expensive as the patent. No. You know, but I, I, I know very little about that, so my input will be mostly questions.
0: <laughs> so, uh, we're kind of almost out of time here, but I, I just want to ask you
2: how's how's your week going and anything new, new and exciting? Uh, that's just a crazy week. I feel like every Monday I get punched in the face lately. It's just everything's been insane. Trying to keep my head around stuff. Um, so yeah, it's pretty stressful right now just seeing all this other stuff that we have going on, Um, trying to get product, you know, the one, the one product in in particular I'm trying to get done so that I can release it on Labor Day. Um, I didn't really want to do any sales or anything on Labor Day, but I figured that a a new product release, people are looking, you know, people are going to be looking for sales and stuff. So if I get this product out to our influencer network and start getting content created, you know, in the next week or so it probably will have a pretty good effect. So there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with that. And then still working through equipment and trying to figure out next steps where we're going with that and all this other stuff. So cool. And then on top of that, I'm trying to go through all these videos from Ohio range. I only made that one official release, but I also wanted to do like 15 short videos. <laughs> I have just, just gimbal runs like with the camera on the gimbal. I have over 200 videos. Um, yeah. And they're, they're all about a minute, a minute long. So
0: I've got, I have all three, I have Pat Mac videos open on my computer. I have ORD videos open on my computer and I have range day videos open up on my video, on my computer all at the same time. I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of, it's not the best way to do things, but I kind of get stuck on something and I'll just move on and come, and come back to it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I've got, and like you, I'm, I'm hoping to release a new product um, on labor day as well. So
2: you better not steal the show. We'll uh, <laughs>
0: we could actually potentially use each other's products in the promo stuff. Potentially. Possibly. That might be kind of cool.
2: It all depends if I can get my crap together and make it happen. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've, I feel like right now.
0: I'm waiting. I'm, I'm trying to... The really only thing I have left to do is is uh, finish up packaging. I've got the first batch of product. should be coming here any, any day now. Maybe even today. Uh, so, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get another product out. And I'm really excited for the content I'm going to be able to make with it. That's one of the fun, the most fun things to me about, about new products is like I can only, I only do the same thing with the same product for, for so long before I start going nuts. You know, it's important to, to keep doing because you're always getting, getting new, new followers and new people. Um, but I'm looking forward to having a new, new product with, that's completely unrelated to the NeoMag.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, just to start working with. So I think, I,
2: I think it'll help out a lot. Yeah. Having the diversity.
0: Definitely. Sweet. Another exciting thing. I'm only a couple couple thousand followers away from hitting seventy five thousand followers on
2: Instagram. That yeah, blows my mind. I need to up the game. I need to get the content out. I Catch I'm up. gonna I'm gonna equate a lot of it to
0: working with other people. Um, I don't think my content is what's even done half of it. Uh, you no, know, like a lot of our big influxes over the years has been has been working with companies with giveaways been working with, with Pat Mac working with, you know, working with different people and kind of tapping into those, those people's followings. And I mean, I've paid for, I have paid for advertising on, on Instagram and you get followers through that. So it's a lot of different things. It's not just one thing, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. to hit 75,000. I'm talking to a couple companies about, about, uh, about doing a big giveaway so i'm excited for nice excited for that
2: awesome man yeah well should we get to work yeah i think so all i right. think my brain's already melting and i'm thinking about i know what i should be doing right now <laughs> you you look tired and yeah I feel, I, am, I feel tired i'm worn out so i'm gonna go get coffee and then i'm gonna get back at it all right man well you have a great great week yep you
1: too well, thanks